More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour of Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. Thanks for joining us from all across the country. And we have... A few things that tie together here. Mr. Clay, I, I want to just walk us through this for a moment. We, we, this is interesting because one of our ongoing questions here is what is really the end game of all this Biden document stuff, right? And we're, I don't want to dive into that back and forth right now, but we've been talking about it, talking about the first hour, because something doesn't add up here. Is it just sloppiness from Biden and and or is it the system pushing Biden aside? It, 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 there's a lot of things here that we still are trying to figure out. But one part of this is who would take over, right? Who would be in the mix, in the running? Uh, we've talked about Kamala Harris, obviously, because she's the vice president, the most obvious. Although in the poll that I put out on Twitter, thousands and thousands of responses, solid 60 plus percent think that Biden's if Biden goes it's in favor of Gavin Newsom, which is interesting. Um, and that is then likely to be a floor. I, w- I could say this, I think, with a high level of confidence that the 2024 election, should Gavin Newsom be the Democrat nominee, would be a California versus Florida throwdown in some capacity. Florida will be in there it's one way or we another should I, have buck right like ultimately those are the two sides of our great I, national debate over the past several years i agree i mean i actually was somebody who really i wanted bernie sanders to be the democrat nominee in the past because i think that what you get with bernie sanders is more of a distillation of liberalism for democrats today without the veneer of just the sort of corporate interests and the self-dealing at the same level, which is what you get with, say, a Hillary Clinton. So I think if you want to have a real throwdown of belief systems and governing systems, notice how I say Florida. And I think a lot of you would agree it's going to be Florida represented in some capacity on the GOP side. That I think you'd get 10 to 1 odds in favor of right now, uh, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. But 
it's going to be one of them, and you know you can have your pick as to which one you think it'll be. California, though, with Newsom is interesting. I bring it up, though, because very interesting. You might have seen this, Clay. Over the weekend, uh, you had the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, went down to El Paso, Texas. Now, as somebody who has made the journey from, from New York to El Paso in the past, it's not a quick flight, not an easy one to do. So there was a reason for this, and I think a lot of people are starting to see this as a possible. And I want to ask you if you think uh, that this is a moment where Adams is trying to step out into the nation- on the national stage at a moment of weakness for Biden. Are these things all tied together? And then I want to dive in with you to what the actual border realities are and how it affects New York. But first, is Eric Adams testing the waters a little bit here? It's it's He's such thinking. a good question, and I'm pausing for a moment because I don't know that Eric Adams has the political cachet to be making a strong strategic play like this intentionally. Does that make sense? Like I I, be, I believe that there are politicians like Gavin Newsom showing up at the White House. And rolling up his sleeves, he was Joe practically. Biden, he's like, I've got plenty of headroom in this in this you know office. With, this is great. With Joe, I mean, when you visit the White House when Joe Biden isn't there, it is among the most disrespectful things that I have ever seen a politician do. Right, um, and and then you meet the media and everything else. Like that was not by accident. That was Gavin Newsom being a cold. He was measuring the drapes. Yes. Yes. Uh, I feel like Eric Adams is a guy who, on some level, recognizes that Democrats have gone insane. Like, I feel like this, Buck. If you, me, and Eric Adams sat down at a table in in New York City, probably late at night, because he seems to be uh, like to get out late at night. And he I likes to party. It is a true thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but if we sat down at a table with him, I feel like we'd probably like him. Right, because I think he would say many things that we would agree with. You know, you got to get the crime down in New York City. This idea of all of these immigrants coming into uh, the, the the city of New York that he clearly loves is unacceptable. So I think he's diagnosing that there are problems. I'm not sure that he's diagnosing that there are problems and putting forth solutions. Does that make sense? Like, so in terms of whether it's calculated. Going to El Paso to recognize that there is an issue there is a calculated decision. Is it calculated in the sense of, I have a solution to this? I don't know. I would love it if he challenged Joe Biden, because I do think that would be fascinating to see how the political aspects of it would play out. I'm not sure that he's planning it, if that makes sense. So a a few things that I I think come into this. so, So that's on the political side. Then back to the border component of this which is still a huge story that is and i think this is a reminder for everybody that the u.s mexico border i i think so much of the of the mentality that you see in the media about it is yeah this is a thing that texas and and arizona and you know and to a lesser extent california have to deal with uh but you know you know obviously there are a few other states along the border that you could throw in there but it actually affects New York City, very directly. The greatest concentration of illegal immigrants in the United States is New York City. Um, And what's interesting is that when when Eric Adams made this visit down to the border, 
some of the migrants were saying to him, oh, well, you're like the best for taking in illegal migrants. I don't mean the best isn't like the best guy or maybe, but New York gives the best benefits. New York is a place that has been so uh, so welcoming in this sense. And Eric Adams, meanwhile, just to give everybody a sense of this, is is saying there is no more room for migrants. This yep. needs to stop. His city cannot handle this. Now, this is fascinating. And I think in part, Clay, to your point about how he he does have a streak of of the sensible for a Democrat. Yes. Um, he does have some aspects of, of policy that I think are veering toward common sense. He has not been a good mayor so far of New York, but he hasn't been uh, actively destroying the city, which is, I think, what Bill de Blasio did. Bill de Blasio was like, I, sorry, if we have to ruin this place, as long as there's more social justice and I feel good about myself when I'm smoking lots of weed. By the way, that's de Blasio. Uh, well known to be a, a big, big weed smoker. Um, this true story, actually. There, there are guys. I knew people that were new. I knew people that knew people on his uh, on his detail. And De Blasio was a fan of smoking, smoking the weed. Anyway, um, I think that Adams recognizes that when you see there's more money, and this goes right to the heart of the illegal immigration issue, there is more money going to house illegal migrants right now than money that is going toward um, New Yorkers that lack shelter altogether. So effectively, they're starting to spend more money on the people who aren't even supposed to be in the country in the first place. This is beginning to happen than the people who are having a really hard time who are New Yorkers of all backgrounds. But yes, in New York, disproportionately, if you're talking about people who lack housing, they're black and, and Hispanic New Yorkers. So people are looking at this and saying, what are the priorities here? Well, Buck, I'm still kind of caught up on the politics of it. And I think you might be hitting something that's really fascinating. If everybody else is clear in the deck for Joe Biden, and they're basically saying Biden's going to be the guy, we're not challenging him. What if Eric Adams was the only Democrat to run against him? And how would Eric Adams play? They're trying to redo the calendar. How would Eric Adams play in South Carolina? You got a black guy that would connect, I think, with a lot of black South Carolinians in many of the things that he would be saying versus James Clyburn, who is a very popular and powerful black politician who many of you will remember basically said, Joe Biden is my guy, and that got Joe Biden the nomination and then the presidency. And if I'm sitting back and looking at this, in a calculated fashion, and again, I don't know who advises Eric Adams and what his team would look like, but if everybody else is clear in the deck and Eric Adams recognizes that Joe Biden has some common sense vulnerabilities, that he is a black former police uh, captain who is now the mayor of the biggest city in the United States, and Buck, I would say, the murder rate went down in New York City in 2022. So if you're Eric Adams and you're trying to think of a big, strong um, argument that you could make, you could say, hey, I became mayor of New York and we reversed the murder rate climb. Now, it's still far too high and it's up massively since 2019. But you know what? I, I'm starting to see the political calculus that could be running through his head. And look, you don't win necessarily. But if you challenge Joe Biden and make yourself a major national figure, can you beat Kamala Harris in 28? I, I think he's probably better at, than Kamala in 28. 
Yeah, by the way, you, I, I love this idea now, Buck. Bill, Bill de Blasio claims, just because I've got a fixate on this for a second, that he has he has not smoked weed since college. I do not believe him. <laughs> okay, that's because there are people asking him all the time because there have been rumors about this, and I've heard from people who have heard from people that uh, if if you you know spend enough time around the guy, I don't know, but he claims to set the record straight that that does not happen. But I've heard from people who I would know think that that I'm, does I'm actually happen. surprised that he would deny it just because I, would it hurt him in Democrat politics in New York City if he admitted that he liked it's to smoke interesting. weed. Uh well because he wasn't for he wasn't as full on for legalization as I think some people anticipated that he that he would be. But anyway, just to set the record straight, he says that he didn't even though I've heard from people who would know that he does. Anyway, but who knows? I wasn't there. Um as for Eric Adams and and his uh, presidential aspirations if they exist, uh, I, I think that that's going to be a case where it will all come down to the to the record in, in New York City in, in a lot of ways. And, isn't it, you know, sorry, to you, but isn't it you lived in New York City for a long time? Isn't it also incredibly elevating if he were the only guy to run against Biden? I mean, he doesn't seem like he's a part of the cool kids club where everybody would be like, oh, you know, in D.C., this is Joe Biden's time. Don't step on his toes. Seems like he might be willing to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's an interesting choice. Um, if if you're going to see some kind of a uh, an open primary situation where you have a lot of different candidates who are at least vying behind closed doors to take over from Biden, I think you'd have to have. If you're not going to have Kamala as just the person stepping in, and I think you would, but if you're going to have an open primary and, and not just a coronation for Kamala. You could well have Eric Adams get involved, but but I also on just the immigration side of this again for a second that he goes down there because you know right now the House Republicans are considering a uh, a, a vote of impeachment against Mayorkas, and and I get it, and I'm all for holding these individuals accountable, but you're going to impeach somebody who's going to get replaced if he got, if even he was removed, which which is not going to happen. But if he were removed from office, you get replaced with somebody who does the bidding of the machine just the same way. It no doesn't doubt. really, as long as Joe Biden gets to a point, the head of DHS. Now you could say, well, he lied, or he's you know he's been particularly bad. Okay, but the policy doesn't change if Mayorkas goes. And I just think it's interesting that Eric Adams, because he has to look at city budgets and the reality of New York, which I think has a huge budget. Uh, train coming down the tracks. They got problems with where this budget is heading as a lot of people have fled New York City uh, in particular. There's a huge economic... You are seeing one of the big debates about illegal immigration has been, does this cost taxpayers a lot of additional money? Are there is there a drain on resources that you will feel in your city or in your state from illegal immigration? The answer must be yes, because the Democrat mayor of New York City is saying no more room for migrants. We can't afford them. It's not only that, Buck. It's the conjunction of too many migrants with all of the high taxpayers of New York City fleeing because Kathy Hochul said, why don't you guys just all move to Florida? So it's a combination of rising expenses, declining revenue, which is anybody who does basic business knows ain't a position that you want to be in. I want to talk to my fellow gun owners for a second. You have to get yourself set up with a Mantis X. This has become a must-have to keep your skills sharp. This lets you train from anywhere because it's an electronic, no-ammo way of improving your shooting accuracy. And it's fun, too. The Mantis X is a firearms training system. You can use it at home, outdoors, at the range, wherever you are. It simply attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. 
The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. Nearly everyone that uses it, 94% of them, improve within 20 minutes. Even our own military are using the Mantis X. It saves money on ammo and allows for training anywhere, including doing it from home, in the living room, wherever. The Mantis X gets you military-grade technology at an affordable price to sharpen your shooting skills. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you got to take them seriously, and that means being competent in your shooting ability. So start improving your shooting accuracy, accuracy today and have more fun when you go out to the range with live fire because you're going to have better technique. Just go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. MantisX.com. He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. Together, they're breathing sanity into an insane world. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're about to be joined by our friend Senator Ron Johnson. But he went on Meet the Press over the weekend, and I think you guys are going to love this because he didn't back down, and he got the host there really fired up. Let's listen to a couple of clips here so you have an idea when we're asking Ron Johnson about this in a few minutes. Have you been interviewed by the FBI or, or the special counsel's office no. investigating the alternative electors? No, there's nothing to interview me about. I played no role in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This has been a complete smear job against me. The uh, January 6th committee did not do their due diligence. So like, much Chuck, of this. Like, you dabbled in so much of this. Do you understand why somebody might have thought you were willing to go along with this I, scheme? I, had, I did not dabble in very much of this. It's just false. Very I held much a hearing a lot in of December there. 2020 examining the irregularities of the 2020 election. What you ought to do is go back and read my opening statement, and that pretty well lays out exactly what I thought about the 2020 election. But the news media never does that. They smear me. They lie about me. They make these things up. All right, and then I want to play this one, too, because I think this tells on Chuck Todd far more. This is Meet the Press than it tells on Ron Johnson. Chuck Todd tries to lecture him about needing to go back into his partisan cable cocoon. Listen. Senate Democrats want to investigate Jared Kushner's loan from the Qatari government when he was working in the government negotiating many things in the Middle East. Are you not concerned about that? And I say that because it seems to me if you're concerned about what Hunter Biden did, you should be equally outraged about what Jared Kushner did. I'm concerned about getting the truth. I don't target individuals. You, just, I you don't? You're targeting Hunter Biden. My, my, you're targeting an Chuck, individual. Chuck, part of the problem, and, and this is pretty obvious to anybody watching this, is you don't invite me on to interview me. You invite me on to argue with me. Part of the reasons our politics are inflamed is we do not have an unbiased media. Partisan cable. Look, you can go back on your partisan cable cocoon and talk about media bias all you want. I understand it's part of your identity. Ooh. Getting a little saucy there from Chuck Todd, who, by the way, his argument is utterly moronic here. Oh, yeah. Let's look at Hunter Biden and look at Jared Kushner. Hunter Biden is a literal crackhead who was selling access to his dad, getting paid millions of dollars by China. I mean, Jared Kushner was already a billionaire before Donald Trump even ran for office. What's What's the illegality that he's even... A theoretically charged with it makes no sense no it's nonsensical exactly and chuck todd told on himself i think as much as he did anybody else bluetooth wireless technology is so popular it's an easy way of sharing information between devices right that's for sure but guess what cyber criminals have found out a way to hack into bluetooth connections that gives them a way to steal your personal info without you knowing and it's so easy if you use wireless earpieces for instance or regularly connect your phone via car bluetooth Cyber hackers have figured out how to access your private information on your cell phone. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Your personal information gets exposed so often, but you can protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. When you're a LifeLock member, you get the benefit of their 24-7 online monitoring. Their systems are specifically looking for evidence that your information is suddenly being used by one of these hackers without your permission or knowledge. I've relied on LifeLock for years. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all places, but you need LifeLock to back you up online. Join now. Save up at 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Just go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code BUCK. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We have with us now, right? Isn't it now? I believe it's now. Yes, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, who won that pivotal, pivotal battle. 
against uh, his competition. Senator Johnson, thanks for being with us. Well, guys, how are you doing? So you had a little bit of a of a throwdown there, which I feel like those are increasingly rare on cable news these days. But uh, you had a bit of a throwdown with Chuck Todd. What what was his? And let me just ask you, Senator, what was his beef about? What was he all fired up with you about? Well, that was interesting. This is almost uh, two years of the day where he had me on uh, Meet the Press following January 6th, and like the conversation didn't even progress. Uh, he doesn't wa- like to hear what I say, uh, and so he starts talking over me. As I said in the interview, it's not an interview, it's an argument. Um, but what he doesn't want to hear is that the mainstream media, because of their bias, uh, they are exacerbating the divide in this country. They simply won't admit it. I mean, the fact that they ignore all the wrongdoing of the FBI, of the Department of Justice, of Democrats, of the Biden family, uh, all they focus in is on is Trump, 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 Trump. Uh, when we know as conservatives that there are all kinds of problems within government, within these federal agencies, uh, whether we're talking about the miserable, miserably failed response to COVID, uh, the corruption of the FBI, I mean, just at a minimum, take a look at what the FBI did uh, surrounding Hunter Biden's computer. They get the thing in December of 2019. They spend the next nine months laying the groundwork to sabotage should McIsaac ever have the courage after the, he's been warned, by the way. The FBI on the way out the door warns him, you know, it's our experience that uh, uh, people who don't talk don't get in trouble. And so he didn't have the courage to reveal that uh, laptop until the day after Senator Grassley and my report issued and she said, well, if senators are after this, I'll offer it to them. Uh, then, of course, the FBI, we went to them to do our due diligence. They, they wouldn't tell a squad about the fact that they actually had that computer. So for nine months, the FBI's laying the groundwork to sabotage should McIsaac ever reveal that computer. And then, of course, they apparently already had 51 intelligence officials lined up to uh, write their own information operation to tank that and interfere in our election. So there's there's such a larger story here. And, I, and I'm not downplaying uh, the, the classified information. I mean, Joe Biden ought to know this, you know, know better. It's, it's hypocritical. Who knows what's really happening here? This is such an odd story. Is this just an, a further diversionary operation? Uh, we're talking to Senator Ron Johnson, Wisconsin. Much larger. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fantastic question and one that Buck and I have been debating, uh, for the past week or so to try to figure out the larger context here. When I hear your fight, uh, your argument, however you want to classify it with Chuck Todd, Senator, what it actually reflects to me is how desperate many of these political figures in the media, like Chuck Todd are, because I I bet you see this too, their overall influence is diminishing in a hurry. And I would tie it in, there was a story in the the New York Times recently complaining that Ron DeSantis wasn't talking enough to the New York Times as if he needed to talk to the New York Times. Isn't in a large context this, uh, Senator Johnson, just about the declining power of these media hierarchies to continue to control our national discourse, and so they're lashing out? That's what I really see this as. That's a real possibility, but it's actually a shame. You know, we need a free press. We need an unbiased free press. I would like a free press that holds both sides equally accountable. Uh, you know, one thing I learned uh, in, in Congress, being the you know the chairman of the Senate's Investigatory Committee, uh, we need journalists to be curious. We need them to uh, dig for sources. People are far more willing to talk to journalists as whistleblowers than they are willing to come forward to Congress because they don't believe the Congress will keep their 
their identities confidential. So we need a, a curious and unbiased media, but that's not what we have. But we have a media that is by and large part and parcel of the left, of the radical left. And it's destroying this country. And that is, that's exactly what Chuck Todd doesn't want to hear. He wants to somehow believe that he's an unbiased, uh, you know, successor of Tim Russert. He's not even close. None of these guys are. You know, and, but that is just so destructive to our, to our uh, democracy. And take a look at our response to COVID. If we would have had a, an unbiased media, a curious media, asking the FDA, the CDC, you know, where's the data back on all this stuff? You know, should we maybe exercise a little caution with these, this experimental gene therapy? You know, we, wouldn't, we would have had more emphasis on early treatment with cheap generic drugs. I think hundreds of thousands of lives would have been saved. But, again, the media doesn't want to talk about that because they've been complicit in it. Speaking of Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, you know, Senator, you mentioned the Biden classified doc situation, which has obviously gotten a lot of attention the last week or so. A third now uh, iteration of the story or a, a third chapter of the story has come out where there was yet again, they said Clay started out the show. Oh, they've done all the surging. No, actually, they found some more. Do you have even a, a, a working theory about or, or any ideas, any kind of context you can give us for why were they fi- who was finding this classified in the first place? What do you think happened in, in that initial phase? Well, first of all, I'm not believing what I'm hearing. Uh, if, if they discovered classified material and they wanted to expose this, OK, what you would do is you would do a thorough search in every nook and cranny and you would expose it all in once and be done with it. Yeah, but that's not what's happened here at all. So this story just sounds dirty to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. I am highly suspicious. Again, uh, let's face it, there are actors in our government that their stock and trade is diversionary operations. I I think that's exactly what the Russian collusion hoax was. And it worked. It works time and time again. So they just keep, you know, implementing these diversionary operations. Uh, so I, I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't make head or tails of it. It certainly could be the, the mainstream media finally just want to throw uh, Joe Biden under the bus. But, again, the, the, the modified limited hangout here, I mean, the drip-by-drip the, the drip disclosure here is just bizarre to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. Senator Ron Johnson joining us now. You mentioned the COVID shots earlier, and people out there know I say COVID shot because this is in no way a vaccine. A uh, positive story is that the Department of Defense no longer requires the COVID shot for uh, new recruits, for people who are serving in the military. But shouldn't we go a step further, Senator? And I'm curious what you would say about this. Either voting to take away the immunity that Moderna and Pfizer received, because I think it's quite clear that they've engaged in fraud, and or allowing plaintiff's lawyers to file lawsuits, because here's what I'm concerned about, Senator. There are a lot of people out there that are seeing all these anecdotal stories of otherwise young people just dropping dead. Um, And uh, we cover it at OutKick every single day. There's someone new, 20s, 30s, sometimes teenagers, who just suddenly are dying of heart attacks. Maybe those are connected to the COVID shot. Maybe they aren't. But don't we owe the American public a full accounting of what these shots have done and also of holding these companies, which were paid with taxpayer dollars, accountable for the product they put out? We absolutely do. And I don't see how anybody can take a look at what's happening. You see these you know, highly uh, trained and in phenomenal shape of athletes just dropped on the field at a far higher rate than has ever been normal. 
these things aren't normal. You, I mean, every day you're hearing a new young celebrity or a yep. new young person dying in their sleep or just keeling over. Yeah, that used to be rare you would hear that, okay? This isn't normal. No, we need complete transparency. We need complete honesty. You know, I've been fighting for this for, you know, for the entire time of the pandemic. Our response to the pandemic has never made sense to me. The shutdowns, the not only ignoring but the sabotage, really, treatment, not using caution with this new gene therapy, pushing on everybody, mandating on everybody. We need a thorough accounting. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think we have to take a look at the entire vaccine uh, laws in terms of how we shield these companies. Uh, these things, the, there's a great book, Turtles All the Way Down, uh, pretty well lays out the fact that we have never tested any of the vaccines on the childhood schedule against a true placebo. Uh, we need to start asking a lot of questions, but the problem, and you know those guys, you know, a guy like me asks that question, I immediately get labeled an anti-vaxxer, which is, you know, just right underneath, I guess, racist and pedophile. Um, but I'm going to keep asking those questions. The only reason I ran again, quite honestly, is nobody else is advocating for the vaccine injured. Nobody else is making this point because by and large in society, we are in a complete state of denial in terms of what we did to ourselves and what, how we've had our heads buried in sand on this. But I'm going to be relentless in trying to pursue the truth, expose the truth so that uh, we can prevent further harms. Because right now there's been a lot of harm done because the Anthony Fauci's, the mainstream media, uh, the COVID cartel in general, uh, this has to be exposed. American people deserve, deserve the truth on this as well. Well, we're excited you won. We started on this show trying to encourage you to run before you ever announced. I cannot tell you how pleased we are. you got six years to continue to fight these battles, and we'll have your back. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for all you do. Take care. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Got to tell you, here's a question from a professor at Hillsdale College. Would you like to be a better educated American this year? Uh, those professors, they hope your answer is yes. And thanks to that, they've made their amazing online courses free for all who wish to learn. More than 30 video courses in all from Hillsdale, all available on demand. No tests, no grades. Just learning for the sake of being better informed. You can discover the beauty of the Bible and the Genesis story or study the writings of C.S. Lewis. You might explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are many to choose from, all self-paced free courses that feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. So why not check it out for yourself? Do a little bit of learning to start off your 2023 by going to clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Pick one of more than 30 free Hillsdale College courses. Whichever course you like, dive in and resolve to be more educated in 2023. Go to clayandbuckforhillsdale.com and start your free course today. That's clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Our esteemed president, Joe Biden, decided he wanted to celebrate Martin Luther King Day uh, by singing happy birthday to Martin Luther King III's wife. Her name is Andrea. Her last name, clearly King. So Biden is ad-libbing and freelancing when he goes off the... He can't read the teleprompter. But when he goes off the teleprompter, things do not go well. He decides to sing happy birthday. I swear this just happened. He decides to sing happy birthday to her and clearly forgets her name. This feels like a scene with Michael Scott from The Office. Unfortunately, it is real. And this is our leader of the free world, Joe Biden, singing happy birthday to MLK the Third's wife. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. On somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valley. Happy birthday to you. Oh, my. Can we just get the last little bit there where he... I don't even know what name... He's even tempting to camouflage there. First of all, he could have just said Mrs. King, right? We know that she is Martin Luther King's wife, uh, the thirds. So her name is King, uh, but her her first name is Andrea. Can we, can we, can we just grab that uh, audio of what he says? Buck, 
I would love to have seen the Biden advisors when this started. Remember, it wasn't very long ago when Biden was looking out in a uh, in a room in the White House and tried to give credit to an Indiana congresswoman who had died uh, when he said, where's Jackie? Now he's trying to sing happy birthday to someone who clearly has no idea what her name is. I wonder at what point during the singing it became aware to him that this was not going to go well. There was a long time in D.C., so I had, you know, two DC periods in my life. One was as a CIA guy and then the other was as a, as a media person, right? Um, and I moved back to New York in the interim between those two. But I remember, I remember in the early 2000s, people just thought Joe Biden was really dumb. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was a common, this isn't like I, I came up with this out of nowhere. And it's not, you know, they all decided that George W. Bush was so dumb when he was running for president, but you never heard about that beforehand. With Biden, it was something that even Democrats said, right? It wasn't just some prop. By the way, I, I don't think George W. Bush was dumb. I thought that was uh, something that was largely manufactured. Not always great on his feet. Doesn't always not always the the most eloquent um, public speaker. Uh, yeah, the most exactly lacking in eloquence sometimes. Sure, but George W. Bush was not actually dumb at all. That's not. And I spent time talking to the man about some really heavy stuff. And he's a smart. He's a smart guy on on issues that he had to be. Uh, so that was unfair. But I just bring up the Biden thing because, I mean, Joe Biden, it's it's always been he's not that smart. He says things that have to be cleaned up all the time. He's a gaffe machine. And yet somehow they foisted this guy as his president. Like it actually does take moments for you to just gather together how crazy the situation is. And Let's, look, I know he forgot. Of course, he forgot, Clay. He's 80 years old. I don't think he ever knew her name. But let's just listen again. Her name is Andrea. We know that her last name is King. Here is Joe Biden using, I, I'm not even sure what name he's trying to say here. Happy birthday, dear Alvin. <laughs> I mean, fuck. You know what this is like? Are you ever singing a song, you know, and oh, you're yeah. caught and you're up in it and you're like, Hey, little mama, let me light your fresh. You know, you kind of do the like the mumbling thing because you don't know the words. Yeah, it's like it's like when you get to the second verse of a popular song, and most people don't get to the second verse of the right. popular. I was thinking, song. I think it's black, uh, black, uh, uh, black crows, right? The you know, the, there's that song where he speaks really fast. He goes really fast, yes. and like no one knows the words to that song. There are a lot of songs where I just have to sort of hum the words, like I have no idea. But the freelancing to do that in such a cringe, uncomfortable way, it is unbelievable to me that this guy is making any decision that matters on any level. Like, if Joe Biden weren't president, his wife would never let him pick the restaurant that they go to, right? I mean, Dr. Jill Biden doesn't let her husband and look i i get it i make very few decisions that matter in my house but it's not because i'm cognitively impaired it's just I, her if, if your brain worked well you know her last name at least you could give her the signifier of miss king it's martin luther king day the reason you're honoring her is because she's married to mlk the third the grandson of martin luther king but my goodness, this is just, you could put together all of these different clips. The thing is, we saw John Fetterman get elected, but my concern is nobody's going to care, but he's getting worse every single day, week, but, month. His, but the thing is, again, like if he forgets the words to a song, if he forgets 
where he left is classified. Whatever he forgets is totally understandable, or if he forgets a person's name, you know, depending whatever it may be, because the guy is too old for the job and shouldn't be president. Yes. Right? So we keep coming back to this, but it's like if we notice that we're a bad person and we're supposed to pretend like there's no issue here, but there clearly is an issue here. This is why Americans across the board don't want somebody who is 80 years old or older to be president of the United States. And that's not saying that every single person out there listening, some of you are over 80 and far more cognitively in control than Joe Biden is, but you can't be president until you're 35. Imagine if they had said you can't be president after you're 65. You know, you can't fly an airplane after 65. Why is Biden president? More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 